0: At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card bakers fresh for everyone
1: hello and welcome to the social psychic radio show featuring jason zook in uncertain times we must change our focus and priorities this show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity love and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone.
0: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest, Hema Vias, to the show today. Hema is an omnipreneurial psychologist, corporate wellness, and life membership mentor, keynote speaker, facilitator and author, philanthropist and heart whisperer. Hema is a renowned speaker on heart wisdom, human consciousness, spirituality, health energy medicine, and the science of Ayurveda. And for almost 30 years, she's been practicing as a psychologist and life leadership mentor. Clients credit Hema with providing needle turning solutions to the previously unsolvable, and sometimes invisible problems while creating the space to surface hidden opportunities. Hema works with individuals, corporations, startups, and diverse global audiences to bring about an alignment in heart, mind, and body intelligence for optimal creativity, critical thinking, and cohesion. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Hema to the show. Welcome to the show, Hema.
2: Hi there, Jason. Great to be here today. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: And where are you located right now? Where are you? I'm
2: in London. Ah, I love it.
0: I love the UK. I love London. Been there four times. One of my favorite places in the world to visit, the British Museum. I could get lost there for you.
2: <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely Thank beautiful.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I,
2: should.
0: I want to ask you, what is an omnipreneur? Because that's a unique term that I haven't heard before.
2: I think it's a new generation of uh, people who are really Coming into their power, you know, entrepreneurs at heart, but, you know, they can also be in the corporate world, they can be an employee working in an organization or their own independent business, an entrepreneur. But it's really about people who really want to bring together leadership, wellness, to have sort of, you know, success being integral to having meaning in their lives and being living with purpose and with passion. So it's, you know, somehow, And holistic approach to business and to careers and to work life. It's really about bringing everything together, and especially the spiritual element.
0: I want to ask you this: When did you first embark on your spiritual journey?
2: Uh So I was very young. So I come from an Asian background. I'm Indian. My family lineage is Indian, and. So growing up, I sort of had the best of both worlds, this sort of Indian spirituality and the English Western academia. And and so to bring it all together, I would say, you know, I really became conscious that other people were not like me. When I would speak with other people, they would be sort of a bit taken aback at who I was or how I was. And I was very curious. I'd be asking them questions that, you know, in the Western world, it was like, oh, you don't ask those sort of questions. I'd be very probing about who people were and what they were interested in what made them happy and what made them you know feel and I would talk about feelings a lot and it was a big no-no and that's when I realized I was probably sort of some somewhat different and that's you know it sort of occurred to me later on in life that there was sort of my spiritual background and my spiritual sort of interest because I always used to Think about well, what happens beyond this world, and and you know why are we doing what we're doing, and why is there poverty in certain parts of the world like India, and there isn't the same level of poverty in England, for example. So all these questions would go around in my mind, and it's later on that I, I got a term to sort of put to it, which was spirituality. But I'd say I was pretty much always that way inclined.
0: I love that you have a heart focus to your practice, heart intelligence, and just in general, I wanna I want see if you could share with our audience a little about your theory about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, growing up, I studied psychology, uh, majored in psychology, and I remember thinking, everybody keeps talking about the brain and cognition and motivation and how it all comes from the brain and how we have to study the brain and we have to study behavior. And I was like, yeah, but there's an element that's missing here and that's the heart. And, you know, going back sort of 30-odd years, everybody's was like, well, no, you leave heart out of it. Heart is all about emotion. And we don't bring that into academia, we don't bring that into education, and we certainly don't bring it into business. And being a rebel as I am, I was like, well, no, that's not going to quite cut it for me. So I really started really looking into the heart and trying to understand it. A lot of it was poetry and Sufism, you know, the sort of more spiritual more Eastern kind of mystical practices. But everything that I read made perfect sense about mm-hmm. human behavior, about human psychology, about motivation, all the things that I was studying that I found incredibly boring at the time because of the sort of, you know, the spin was very sort of factual and evidence-based and empirical studies. And, and then I was reading all the words stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, The mystical stuff was the thing that really, really spoke to me. And I found that when I was trying to apply my psychology to work, I wasn't doing as well. And when I started bringing heart into it and started really speaking from my heart and taking a chance with things that people were like, no, you you don't talk about things like, you know, confidence, really being about being authentic and being true to yourself. That I'm talking about years ago. And I was like, but that comes from the heart. And when I started doing that, I found that actually people really resonated with it. You know, you couldn't sell it to them as a course, but when I started speaking from my heart, when I started speaking about how it has an impact, so many people were like, oh, my God, yeah, that resonates, and that's so true, and that works for me, and I love it, and I love what you're saying. And I started trusting my own instinct, my own intuition, and with clients, I found results in what they would repeatedly say was, you know, you're not a normal psychologist. And I love coming to you. I've seen other psychologists and you're, you're different and they can put their finger on what was different. And, but I knew that it was because what I was doing was about bringing real heart into the space. And I was talking from heart. I was talking about heart. I was really connecting them with their hearts and I, I coined it as a heart-based approach to psychotherapy. And and it was and it really worked. And, and now I'm working sort of within the corporate world, really bringing heart into the corporate mm-hmm. space, which is what omnipreneurship is all about, how we tap into the heart. Not just the mind, not just about the facts, not just about, you know, structures and and what we know, but how we can tap into this subtlety of the world that we live in. The invisible, the things we don't know, the mysterious, but that are real tangible, if you were able to tune into it using other senses than just, you know, the ones that connect us to the physical world.
0: As you were just explaining that, I loved your explanation, by the way. I... Free associates sometimes when I we do our interview, I'll write down some words that strike me as in line with what you're saying. And I got for heart, I got greater vulnerability, opening up emotionally, passionate, mm-hmm. authenticity, sincerity, and having faith. And the reason I bring this up to you, that's my observations of heart as you were talking in your explanation. Yes. I wanted to ask you, when it comes to following a heart-focused approach, mm-hmm. Would it require one to let their walls down, have greater vulnerability, and to really work on their passion at being authentic? What's your views on that?
2: All of the above. So I would say, first of all, you know, in order to be vulnerable, we have to turn our what we consider to be weaknesses into strengths. And when you really look at it through the lens of spirituality, when you look at it through the lens of the whole picture, there's always a beautiful reason why we are the way we are, why we've experienced certain things, why we've experienced them, why life is the way that it is. And when we really are able to turn it into a strength, we no longer see it as a negative vulnerability. So it's not something that weakens us. It's something that adds character to who we really are. So I definitely think we need to be more vulnerable and we need to stop protecting our hearts so much and trust our hearts to protect us rather than the other way around. We, we have learned you know, to protect our hearts, shutting down and building a wall around it and being ultra cautious when it comes to things like, you know, being ourselves, being authentic, being true to ourselves. And when we really trust our hearts, it won't really let us down. And that's what vulnerability is to me. Vulnerability is really trusting our inner self and our inner knowingness. But in order to do that, I think we have to know ourselves. And I think if we want to be authentic, it means doing a deep dive, a lot of self-reflection, getting some support in really getting to know who we are. Because a lot of who we think we are is based on a lot of conditioning, And we're constantly bombarded with, you know, so many things growing up, you know, from our parents to our peers, you know, our friends, our schools, our society, you know, our governments, you know, everything shapes us. And I think we have to do, be willing to do the work to really, really discover who we really are and not be afraid of being that. So, again, vulnerability comes into that. Only then can we find that confidence to really be authentic because when we really know who we are and we're not shaken by outside forces. So for example, if I say, well, you know, I believe in the heart and somebody says, oh no, that's just rubbish. You can't be talking about heart in business. If I'm shaken by that, then it means that I don't really know who I am. Whereas if I know who I am, I'm going to be, well, you're, you've you got your path and I've got mine. And, you know, we're both going in the same direction ultimately. We both want to grow and we both want to be successful and happy and All the rest of it, you know, all of humanity, you know, we all want the same things ultimately. It's just my way of getting there is different to yours. When we know ourselves, I think we're able to be far more authentic. And when we're far more authentic, we give others permission to do the same because we don't need to judge them. We don't need to sit there and go, well, you're not like me, therefore you must be bad. We go, well, you're not like me, and that's okay because you've got your path.
0: I feel you're very intuitive yourself. Growing up, did you feel at an early age that you had intuition? how did you manifest it? Like, what did you do with your earliest experiences when you realized that you were picking up information? Probably the average person wasn't as aware of as you were.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't have called it intuition at the time. I would have said I was just more perceptive. But yeah, I think, you know, it really endeared me to a lot of people. And, you know, I found that, you know, I would have thought that, you know, growing up in sort of, not speaking the language when I first came to the country I was about four or five, so having to adjust to speaking English and I would have thought that I wouldn't necessarily fit in with people and I would be the oddball and very shy, very quiet. Um, and But I think that because I was able to see people, you know, not only the children but I think even the teachers and, and then as I grew up, of course, at work, it became a real strength. I think they really, really appreciated that. You know, just able to name things that they weren't able to name. I was just able to pick
0: up up on things, right? Yeah, Exactly,
2: an empath, and articulate it as well. So because it wasn't my first language, I think I probably really took to it and I loved it and I loved English and I loved reading. And so to be able to articulate how people feel, to be able to see them and to be able to see what they haven't even named themselves or owned in themselves, I think is wonderful because, of course, I was able to put it in a beautifully diplomatic way. I was never confrontational. I was not, never threatening. I think my demeanor, softly spoken, you know, had a gentleness about me. So I think it was really well received. And for me, I honestly did not for the longest time think it was anything unusual. As only as when people kept commenting on it and kept on saying things, and I was like, oh, okay, is this unusual to be intuitive, to pick up on these things, to be an empath? Um, but so yeah. I get off
0: your energy. I get you as an empath. I, I see you as somebody who's very good at getting people open up mm-hmm. over time and working with people who might be like trauma victims or people who can't or who are not in touch with their emotions. I feel like you're a great person to help them get back in touch with their inner self, their emotional side. And I feel like that's your gift. That's your talent. And I feel like as you go on in your career, you still have longevity. And I feel like as you go on in your career, that's going to be stronger of a heart focused message with your clients and with the world. I feel like there's gonna be more of what you're gonna do if you're already done, but you're gonna be doing a lot more of it, basically is what I see. Greater influence.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this is the thing that I'm really recognizing that I want to be doing moving forward working. You know, when I said that I would just call out things when I was very young, I would call things out. And and that's what I mean, it's a trauma. Instead (laughs) of waiting for ages, for somebody to open up and share, I would just go right there. You know, oh wow. my God, you sound like you've had a terrible time with your dad recently. And be like, how do you know? You know, so <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Now, you take that into life. So that was, would be with friends or with, you know, when I was very young. But you take that into life and, you know, we need more of that. We need people who cut to the chase, who are able to say, you know, your business is struggling and I can see why, because you've got this problem, this problem, this problem, and for them to go, okay, we don't have to spend months and months doing an analysis of, you know, figuring out what's wrong. We can just cut to the chase. Have you come in, spend a couple of hours with us, check it out and go, yeah, this is what's going on. How do we solve it? Because often we're so good in, in certainly, you know the world today, modern world, we're so good at hiding things. We're so good at being ashamed of things. We don't want the world to see that there are problems or there's trauma or there's hurt. and And I'm just saying, why not?
0: It's good to show your vulnerabilities. It's good to admit when you're overwhelmed. it's it's good. like for mental health awareness, if you're a psychologist, I, I'd study that in yeah. college psychology, but I, I would just say this. It's good to tell people, yeah, I suffer from depression and anxiety. Not that you're ashamed of it. I I do. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but because I want to remove the stigma from it. And I figured if I could expose my vulnerabilities and tell the public through my show or whatever I decide to do that, yes, I have suffered from depression, and anxiety in my life. I can say it while I'm smiling because I don't feel ashamed about it. I don't feel like there's a stigma we need with it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say, you know, and when you really understand it, there's nothing to be ashamed of, because all it means is that, you know, you're living in a world where who you really are is in conflict with a lot of what's going on in the world, and the world isn't necessarily right, you know, and so (laughs) when we really get to that, it's like, (laughs) you know, there's so much beauty in really owning the truth of all of who we are because there's always a solution to what we consider our problems because I don't think they're problems. It's just about how we see it, how we feel it, how we experience it and how we're taught, you know, be with it, how we're taught to respond to it. And, and like you say, mental health awareness, you know, the, the kind of, feeling has been that we have to be ashamed of these feelings and it's like like you know, don't talk
0: about it right like don't exactly, talk about
2: or don't, it don't don't say you have it for god's sake put a smile on your face and go <laughs> out there and get over it <laughs> which is crazy crazy yeah
0: i mean when you're looking at the pandemic right now and you're seeing like in the united states especially you see this Conflict, everything, right? Everything's conflict oriented right now. We have this extremism that's happening. We've got people refusing to wear masks because they believe it's a political statement and an infringement on their personal rights and individual liberties. Mm -hmm. And in reality, we're trying to manage a health crisis that's global in origin, that's killing thousands by the day in the United States. And We've had more deaths from COVID than we've had from anything else as a country, from what I understand. Yet our country is more divided now than it ever was. I don't think anyone could have done anything different to change the division. And mm-hmm. I think that a large part of that division is from the number 44 in our in our White House, Trump. But looking at things right now, when, when I see the future, I think that a heart-based approach might be one of the, the best things we need to heal our society from within. Mm-hmm and to heal one another. And I want to ask you, if you were able to say, take an approach like yours and apply it to our society, what kind of things would you tell our audience that we could do through a heart approach to benefit and change things within ourselves to help improve our unity?
2: This is where I would say that, you know, if we use what's happening in the world with this COVID situation, You know, one of the things that I say is that we have to learn to really, really hear the truth. There's so much disinformation, there's so much misinformation and there's so much propaganda going on one way or another. You know, there is so much, and it depends which side of the fence you're on, how you're going to see the other side. And it's that division that I think that the only way to bridge that gap, if you think of it in terms of heart, mind, body, for me, there is one set of arguments, which is, you know, all the science-based, and I say in inverted commas because... You know, having been a scientist myself, I know that science is not all what it's cracked up to be, because compared to ancient wisdom, science is nothing. Science is a a small part of ancient wisdom that has been around forever, and science is catching up, and it's got a long, long way to go. So if you think of science being head, if you think about too far the other extreme, being the guard, then the heart is the centre, of, you know, the gut, the instinct, the, the fear response that comes both from sometimes a gut and the head. They both come from fear because emotionally we can be fearful, factually we can be fearful, and I think that's what we're experiencing. We're experiencing two sets of facts, and both of them are coming from fear. There's resistance on both sides, whereas the heart knows the truth, and we've got to go into the heart because it's about context it's about being able to step into what is right for us as a society but as an individual but as a in a way recognizing that each individual is collective so we're not individuals completely we have our uniqueness but we also are interrelated and interconnected with each and every living being and so therefore when you make a decision i make a decision it impacts, you, you and I are across the pond, but what you feel, what I feel, it impacts everything and everyone in between us, right? When we have this conversation, everyone is getting impacted, whether they're listening to the show, whether they're going to listen to it, whether they you know know somebody who, ha- who will. Everyone is being impacted somehow. So what we need to do is find the truth. And the truth is somewhere in between the two. The truth is not one or the other.
0: You know, that's a a very valid point you raise. When you say that, I think of the heart as like the harmonizing aspect of everything, right? Taking it from your head and your gut and and bringing it together so that you're in unison.
2: Exactly.
0: I I can see that pretty well. I'd like to ask you this. When you're walking about in the daily world right now, and I can tell you're very deep and you, you have a lot of healing energy to you. That's very positive to help people with, but I can say you're very deep. I can see that when you're around in the UK right now with, with different things that have happened in the last year and a half with the pandemic, how do you feel society is dealing in the UK, for example, because that's where you are at right your point of reference. How do you feel your, your society has been collectively addressing the new normal that we've all been dealing with on our own level?
2: Well, I would say the biggest problem is, as I said, the misinformation, and I would say they're traumatised. Everyone, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're sitting on, everyone is traumatised because it has created so much conflict within Families, it has created so much conflict, you know, within peer groups at work. It has created so much conflict. And the reason I would say is quite simply lack of transparency. There is not transparency. There has been a shutdown of real honest debate and honest conversation. And for me, heart is about communication. See, I believe that what the heart does, like you say, it is a harmonizer, but it is also it is wise. So it's not about intelligence, it's wisdom. It has incredible wisdom. And therefore, it, it really knows what's going on, even when we don't. So I know what you're feeling, whether you tell me or not, from my heart level. If I'm really conscious, then my mind will know it as well and my body will know it. But my heart absolutely knows the truth and your heart knows the truth and everybody's heart knows the truth, whether we are conscious of it or not. Now, where there's lots of things being withheld and lots of information being withheld and lots of debates being shut down and lots of conversations being shut down. If we don't have honest, open communication, if we don't have transparency, there is no trust. And if there is no trust, then we are going to be divided. And if we are divided, there's going to be conflict. It's as simple as that. So how do we change that? We change that by actually demanding genuine, open, honest conversation and transparency to not shut things down, to have those conversations with any situation. Because at the heart of any conflict is misunderstanding, miscommunication. And when you have open, honest communication and conversations, you will eradicate the division You may still disagree, but at least you will disagree going, I don't agree with you. However, I respect your point of view because what you shared with me makes sense, but it's not for me. And that's very different to how dare you think like that. You are so wrong. And how dare you threaten my existence with your thinking because that's what conflict is. Conflict is where we feel threatened by what somebody else thinks. And I think we feel threatened because we think there's a judgment there and it's not necessarily the case.
0: And if we could keep more of an open mind. Yes. And if we look at de-escalating a situation rather than escalating it or ramping it up, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: And I love the way you phrased it. You said conflict connects to misunderstanding and misinformation. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about where we are right now as a globe, right? We have tons of that misinformation. It's like a virus itself. And so anything we could do to try to bridge those gaps, I feel like we would need to take a heart approach, heart centered approach, bridge the gap. We need you. <laughs> we need more of people like you right now to Absolutely. impact in a positive way, what we're dealing with, because I think it, that's how important it is.
2: Absolutely absolutely and more people to really step into their heart and feel the truth without judgment you know without judgment just really feeling into the truth and and really asking the universe if you like that faith that you talked about right at the beginning asking for the universe to really really help tune into what is genuinely right You know, what is the truth in the situation? Because we're not getting the truth on so many levels. And we need the truth. And if we don't get the truth, the trauma sits in our body. The trauma sits in our hearts. And that trauma creates chaos in our world. And that's what we're experiencing. It's not about the sort of division around masks, not masks, vaccination, not vaccination. It is about the fact that our hearts are in chaos. Our hearts are chaotic. We have been fed so much fear instead of positive information as to what's going on and what we need to do about it and how we can best protect ourselves. But don't convince us to do something from a place of fear, because I'll tell you, when we do something from a place of fear, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And
0: that's such an important point you raise, fear, because fear is... I believe it incapacitates us. I believe it freezes us. I believe it repels us. And it does everything counterproductive to what we should be trying to do during these trying times. And it's, it's easier said than done to tell someone have, have courage. Don't be afraid. Being fearful is part of our survival mechanism. You try to hide if you're afraid of a predator. Yes. And so within ourselves, we have that, that type of, fight or flight response when you're presented with a threat like a virus or misinformation or whatever fear creates and it grows upon itself
2: absolutely
0: so one of the things i'd like to ask you is how do we reverse the cycle when it starts turning in the wrong direction fear 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 is being turned out do we need to work on building trust in in order to combat that or what what do you suggest
2: I would say coming back to love, we need to come back to love because, you know, you can't build trust when there's a lot of fear. And how we come back to to that space and place of love is really, really recognising that anything that comes at us that creates fear is not true. Anything that comes at us that creates fear in us doesn't come from a place of truth. The truth is always something that resonates love resonates beauty and resonates consciousness and so we really really want to tune into that and how we can do that is is really tapping into gratitude tapping into the things we are grateful for people we grateful people we love and really allowing that vibration of love to grow rather than being bombarded with the fear messages. There are too many fear messages in the world. It's been constant for, for decades, but it's really been ramped up with this virus, you know, because if you think about how we were first told about the virus, you know, in your country as well as my country. I know because I was following the whole, you know, what was going on in America a lot. Oh
0: my god. Remember
2: that? It was like you turn the TV on, and they're like, We're shutting the country down, we're shutting the world down.
0: Exactly. And I just remember I feel like I was Don't in the go movie. out of
2: your house. Don't see your granny. Don't hug her for God's sake, you're gonna kill her. You know? I feel like it was a zombie apocalypse at first. Right. That's what you imagine. You imagine you would step out on the street and there were going to be zombies, you know, after 10 o'clock, we had curfew, 10 o'clock, you know, it's like, oh God, that was badly managed. You know, there's a way of spreading love. And I tell you the way it would have been was, listen, we've got this situation. We don't know quite how to contain it because it's a virus unlike anything we've seen before. And so therefore we need to do something different. And we're suggesting that it might be a good idea for people to just isolate, you know, to stay at home, to be with loved ones. If you need to get around and go and be with people you love, then that's what we're suggesting you do for at least the next couple of weeks, you know, maybe a month, whatever they were planning. There's a way of saying it that would have made everybody feel really, really (laughs) supported in this situation. It's run. (laughs) Exactly, hi, shut the doors, don't open the windows. In Australia, I don't know if you heard. They're like, close windows, do not open windows. What are you, crazy? It's crazy, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, that's that's interesting you say that because when I when I think about all the stuff we were just talking about, I spent a lot of time by myself. Yeah. I've learned to appreciate alone time. I'll say that said, I'm looking forward to the return of being in groups and being around people again in the future. I'm still being very cautious, even though I got vaccinated, because we we see this delta variant is tricky. I wanted to ask you during the pandemic, how how did that change your views of alone time for yourself?
2: You know, it's a great question. I I mean, you know, listen, different people are going to handle it differently. Again, I would say, you know, some people really needed better support during that time. For me, I love it. I'm I'm a meditator. I can sit for hours at an end and meditate and be on my own and be in my own space. And so I, I wasn't alone, thank God. But, you know, Fine, I'm fine. And I think what really what it did for people was it gave them an opportunity, whether they took it or not, to really, really spend time with themselves. You know, we're living in a world that's become increasingly fast. And people are just so busy doing stuff and busy responding to the externals all the time. And one of the things I repeatedly tell people that if you want to be healthy, if you want to feel well, if you want to be successful, you have to Spend time on your own. You have to reflect. You have to meditate. Go inward. You know that internal journey, and so it was a great opportunity for people to do that. It really was. It really was. And if people utilized it, if they were able to, you see, unfortunately, we we live in a world where it wasn't always possible for some people. It was more work because for some people it was like they were still working and they children at home or they had people they were caring for or whatever else was going on so it was it was not always an easy time but I think it was good that we shut off the outside world for a little bit I really I really think we probably needed that to appreciate being at home being with family being you know alone if we were alone enjoying that solitude and cooking and not just going out I'm sure lots of people did takeaways I I think it's a good thing. I think we need more of that. And I do genuinely believe that we should have a four hour week, working week. I do. Yeah. So that.
0: I like the four hour working week idea. You mean four day working
2: week? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't mind four hours. (laughs) Listen, I'm giving myself away here. That's what I really believe in. But hey, that's a lot of love, right?
0: Tell us about your podcast. What motivated you to create it and share with our audience?
2: It's really just about being able to spread these sort of ideas and these sorts, you know, you think about being on social media and the only people who see you on social media, are the ones who are already following you and, you know, to really be able to reach out to other people, to have conversations. One of the things that I was already doing before the lockdown was, you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn and having conversations, setting up calls and for no other reason, no agenda. Wow. I love that. You know, <laughs> <to spread>. That's <laughs> what we're doing
0: right now. We're just putting on a show, but we're basically having an amazing conversation, Right. Having a call,
2: and that's that's what across the planet, exactly. <laughs> you know, you get to know other people and just have conversations with them. And what's amazing is you learn so much from that, and and they hopefully learn something from you. So I think it's so important. I love, I love it. We we're living in a global sort of world. We are. You know, we're all connected, and so it's nice that we're able to connect with people who. Are different from us, have different views, have different, you know, interests, different things to share. And so, yeah, for me, it's just wonderful. How do you think
0: we can better align our heart, mind and body?
2: Um, I think we can better align it by, by doing that in the work. You know, I don't care what anyone says, if we want to be successful in any area of our lives, Inner work is a must. It absolutely is because all the while we're carrying stuff that doesn't belong to us, you know whether it's thoughts, whether it's feelings, whether it's memories, whether it's you know beliefs that we've been passed down to us you know through society, through our communities, through life institutions, etc, we lose that connection with ourselves. And when we're not connected to our hearts and we're very cerebral, we're very mental, it causes a disconnect from our body. So if we want to align the mind and the body and the heart, all of them are integrated anyway. They all work as one. We have learned to compartmentalise it. And I think in order to come back to alignment, the first thing we have to recognise is that alignment is where success lives. That is where prosperity lives. That is where true happiness, true love, true joy is. Balance. Yeah. We cannot know those experiences without being aligned. So when you look at something, you go, how come their life is just always flowing? How come they are always successful? How come things work out? I would say things work out for people who are aligned. Some people naturally know how to do that. Some people have to work at it. Some people have to work really hard at it but it's always worth it because when we know that true alignment, then everything flows because life is always flowing and it is always guiding us. You know, the heart always guides us to us towards what is for our best interest. The heart is always guiding us towards our destiny. It is always guiding us towards the truth of who we really are. And and when we are able to really, really tune in To the heart, then the alignment with the body and the mind happen organically. Connect with the heart. We have to really do the work to know who we
0: are. I love that. I mean, I'm sorry. I was gonna say this as you were just saying that. I was thinking alignment, and then I thought of sacred geometry, and I thought how most things in nature have a certain alignment to them. And so, if we were to take our lesson from nature, since we are part of nature and the universe, and we're all one then the best way to order our lives would be to have some type of alignment within it so that we would then be more part of nature and being in alignment with it. Right.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the things I repeatedly say that, you know, we are part of nature and nature is a part of us and It's our disconnect from nature that has disconnected us from our own true nature. So we we do need to connect with nature and we need to connect with nature more than just having a holiday and sitting on a beach or going to the park on a beautiful day. It's about really aligning with nature, all of nature. There's so much more to nature than just time out.
0: What do you think is the significance of passion and purpose?
2: And I think those arise out of being really centered in our hearts. I think when we know who we are, we know what what drives our passion, and we know that we have a purpose. You know, each of us are uniquely created. Each living organism is uniquely created, and has a specific purpose. Now. A lot of people think of purpose being career. You know, it's like, what's my purpose? I've got to find my job. What am I here to do? And I would say that's just not the case. I think our purpose is, is, you know, like so many layers. There, There is a purpose in fulfilling ourselves as an individual, fulfilling our roles, you know, within the family structure, whatever that looks like for us, fulfilling who we are in terms of what we're here to give and what we're here to receive it's not just about how am I here to be of service for the world but it's also what am I here to receive from the world because you know we know in nature everything is about give and take we release um, our breath and we breathe in oxygen and we release carbon monoxide dioxide and Why are we doing that? We're doing that because there's a give and take. It's a balance, right? Exactly, exactly. It's
0: perfect state. It's a balance until we, of course, distort that through carbon emissions. (laughs) Then you're out of now. We're out of balance. That's why we're having all these issues.
2: Exactly, we're disconnected from the heart because we've been too cerebral. We thought we could control everything, and the heart's going, "Uh, "No, I don't think so." You're going to have to come back into balance and hence the diseases etc and so purpose is really about knowing who we are and understanding that we are here for a much much higher reason and that higher reason is to really heal aspects of ourselves that have become traumatized frozen in fear that have become frozen in that which is not true coming back to the truth because when we come back to the truth then we we are on purpose and our purpose can be something as simple as just changing somebody's life some simply by smiling at them you don't know that you smiling at somebody on the street isn't exactly what you were put here on earth for because that could be the difference between life or death for them we just don't know the impact we can have on somebody. And that's something I have definitely learned, you know, with the work that I do. just small things that people hold on to that create so much trauma and stress, and it's sometimes the little things that somebody does or something that happens that can change all of that. And we can change the world we're living in in an instant, in a heartbeat, If we are willing to really simply connect to our hearts and recognize their importance in our life, not just as something that continues pumping blood to the rest of our body and our organs, but something that actually has meaning, connecting us to the meaning that we're here to have.
0: One thing I'll say as you're explaining this is think of intelligence with the brain. You look at the brain as an organ of the body. You don't see intelligence, right? you don't see cognitive ability. When we look at the heart, we just see something pumping blood. We think that's all it is, but why can't we think that the heart has emotional intelligence, has deeper meaning, has per, like, all those things we're passionate about, we're excited about, and we start getting really hyper and excited about things that might come from our heart intelligence. It may come from that part of the body. And who are we to say that just like intelligence doesn't exist in the brain, but from looking at it from the physical realm, we, you know, we're just learning about the mechanics of the brain right now. I think... The heart is future. (laughs) We're going to decipher more of this stuff that we're talking about today through science, maybe 30, 40 years down the road. I wouldn't doubt it takes that long, but that's the level of understanding as you're explaining this to me. And I'm learning from our conversation intuitively. I'm thinking, make the analogy that if you look at someone's brain, a picture of it, you can't see the intelligence of the brain. That's how we should look at the heart. You can't judge it from what you see. You got to look at it deeper and and connect to it deeper, no pun intended on connecting, but we should really start understanding the heart for more of its dynamic role in our lives than just an organ that pumps blood or that we have to make sure we don't have anything clogged in.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, what's clogging it is, is the emotional, what's clogging it is stuff that's been held inside that we haven't been able to metabolize or process. And when we start to understand it, you're right, I think hard is the future for sure. And when we really come to understand it, we'll understand why we've been out of balance and we'll come back to that balance naturally. But, you know, that's where we have to really expand our awareness and expand our consciousness and expand our understanding And that's where passion comes into it for me passion is very very much about you know creative expression passion is you know when when something there's a creative impulse in us and it expresses itself through excitement through joy through you know genuine like genuine interest curiosity that is what passion is and i think we need a passion-filled life we need every day we need to wake up to something that fuels that passion that makes us excited to be alive excited to grow excited to evolve and where we've got stuck is structures that keep us stuck in doing the same thing again and again and again and that kills the human spirit and it kills the human heart and the heart is pushing to say no we need passion, and passion isn't about a one-time thing. Passion is really something we should all wake up and and have that sense of drive, that purpose, that is fueled with passion, that is fueled with excitement, that is fueled with joy, because that is what allows us to evolve and continue growing. You know, and because life is always expanding, we're not stationary. Life is not stationary.
0: That's our aging. Our body changes every, every minute, every second we age. That's just a vehicle we're in. But the spiritual part is like the Cadbury egg, the stuff inside the eggs, our spirit inside our body, is how I look at it. Right. We have an outer shell that we feels are all of what we are. Well, it's not, <laughs> and we get to go somewhere else. We get reunited with our, our maker. I, I do. I do have to raise this question to you. Creativity. It's something that I've discovered with my show And I didn't realize I had a passion for creativity when it comes to podcasting, but it's something like to come up with the ideas for episodes or, or just create things as a result of my show. And it's been something that I love more than anything else. And so for me, I feel like I found meaning and purpose from a passion. I want to ask you aside from the stuff you already do, Mm -hmm. what do you find that you love that gives you meaning and purpose that you haven't shared with an audience in public before? That's something you're very passionate about.
2: Really and honestly, I am passionate about changing the world. I absolutely am passionate about changing the world. I I believe we were never meant to live in a world full of strife, full of struggle, um, with so much, you know, as I said, from when I was young, you know, with with the levels of poverty and stresses and the diseases and all of that. It's not what the world was made for. We have created that through our lack of awareness, through our lack of consciousness, through our lack of connection to heart. And I'm really, really passionate about really spreading the information about the heart, not just as a career. Yes, it's part of my job, but really, you know, you know, I could speak to people about it all day, every day, if people would listen and just say, you know, wake up, you know, it is time for heart. It is time for heart. Yeah. And because that's where all the good things lie. You know, we deserve to live in a world where there is harmony, where there is joy, where we are growing with real excitement, you know, with a sense of purpose, where we are healthy and we we die naturally in old age because that's how our bodies are created. We know this. We know that our bodies have ability. We don't need to age the way we are, but we are because of like you say, all the things that we're putting in our body, and it's not necessarily through choice, you know, all the toxic hair and all the sort of, you know, lack of organic foods because the soil's depleted. See, for me, all of this comes back to when we are able to step into our hearts, we start making different choices. We start making more love-filled choices, and the more love-filled choices we make, the more we take care of not only ourselves, but the people around us as well as the planet. And that is what absolutely fills me with joy and passion. And that's what I'm here to do, to serve in any way that I can to help people realign with their hearts.
0: That's so powerful too. Think about it. The power behind that. Having the ability to not only take stock for yourself, but to do it for the larger whole.
2: Absolutely.
0: That's such a noble purpose. We need so much more of that right now. I want to ask you this how would our audience reach out to you?
2: Um, so two ways. One, I'm, I'm on social media. LinkedIn is my preferred you know, social media platform, but I'm also on Instagram. Um, but I have a website, which is and um, But I also have a community heart Renaissance and it's free to join. And there's lots of meditations and amazing talks like this, you know, with yourself and, there's lots of different things there uh, that, you know, people can tap into and connect with a community. Um, so if they go to my website, they'll be able to join my community called Heart Renaissance there.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I have to ask you this. It's such a great topic to talk about the heart and to talk about transparency and to talk about... Authenticity. And for me, we need to have more conversations about this stuff because it's increasing awareness of these topics that we really need to get abreast of so we can connect better with each other. Absolutely. And I want to ask you this about the power of letting go, because I feel like that's a a superpower we all have within ourselves, but not many know and understand how to really use it. Uh, For myself, for example, during the pandemic, I was able to forgive my dad, who I didn't have a relationship with during his entire life. We just never had a relationship. And so in death, he came, re- reached out to me in dreams, and I finally decided to go through the process of not only letting go of any negativity during the past, but to forgive. And now I feel like I have a better relationship with my dad, at least my, I feel lighter. I, I feel like it, it's a superpower we could all tap into. And I wanted to ask you I know we just talked a little about letting go and forgiving, but I wanted to ask you, in terms of, of your heart focus, center focus, how powerful do you believe forgiveness is?
2: I think. It's incredibly powerful, but I think even more than forgiveness, I think it's understanding. You see, there's never anything to forgive from my perspective, but, of course, we have to get to a place of forgiveness. But it's more about really, really understanding. You know, when to really let go, I can say I forgive something or someone, but to really let go when I really understand that there was never any bad intent. You know, when we go through certain experiences that hurt us, we hold on to, you know, hurt, anger, rage, whatever it might be, and that's when we need forgiveness. But actually, when we go beyond forgiveness and we go into a space and place of really truly understanding the true nature of what happened, why That situation, why was it that you didn't have that relationship with your dad? What was really going on for him? What was the culmination of his experiences that, you know, brought him to this space where he wasn't able to have that relationship with you? Um, And what was your soul's reason? What was your heart reason for not being able to have a relationship with him? There's always a bigger picture, and that's what I mean. The heart contains wisdom, and so it goes beyond the here and now forgiveness is about the here and now in our 3d world and i think understanding and getting to the truth is sort of more five It's beyond this physical world and when we really get to that we realize that we do forgive but actually there's no need for forgiveness because whatever happened happened for the best
0: it's always a learning experience no matter what it is it makes us stronger it makes us better whether we see it at the time or not it does help us evolve and grow And connect with one another.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: One last question for you. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why?
2: Well, I have to say two. So one of them would definitely be a Jaguar and the other would be a Ski. beautiful husky so one because they're incredibly independent and powerful and that's definitely me and the other because they're pack animals and they they love that sense of belonging and yet again independent so I would say you know both of them resonate with me but but there's definitely that sense of independence and, and not being afraid to stand out but equally you know having that sense of belonging and that sense of that's
0: gentle power, I think. I love that. I just want to thank Hema for coming on the show to today and sharing her viewpoints. And I think it's great when you can have someone come on and talk about heart wisdom, human consciousness, spirituality, all blended, while we also talk about real life situations. And that's why I think Hema's really good at, is communicating and helping us connect with each other. It's important that we take heed of how important the heart is is in our lives, how important as a part of us, holistically, the heart plays a very important role. And when you think about our challenges in terms of where we are right now as a society, our passion, our ability to be vulnerable, our ability to be sincere and authentic, those are attributes we need dire right now. We're in dire demand of that. We need to have these things to be authentic and real and connect deeper than just a superficial level. And guess what? When we connect, we create greater understanding. You know what else we get rid of? Fear. And when we get rid of fear, we build love. We build trust. It's not a complex equation for us to live a better life or to feel more in tune with ourselves. I think each of us could be a heart whisperer in our own way if we pay attention to what Hemma's telling us. Listen to your heart. It's a song from many years ago, but it's also a very important statement. When you're dealing with things and challenges, try to think of situations that can create better alignment with your heart, mind, and body intelligence. Optimize your creativity, your critical thinking, and see if you could tie all these things together. Because when you do, I believe you'll you'll feel more, more connected and more able to respond to life's challenges. Let's work on building a better planet from within. One heart at a time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. All of Hema's information will be in the show notes. Stay positive, because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore.
1: True cast.